Welcome back to another episode of the Seattle Sports Show. I'm your host, Mikey, and the day I am recording this, it is just a couple of hours after the 2023 NHL draft, and what an exciting draft it was to me. Uh, Again, you know, I've just been really into hockey since the Seattle Kraken came here. You know, when I was a little kid in the 90s, Hockey was still popular, uh, so I watched it then, but I didn't really know what was going on, and then uh, I stopped watching it for decades, <laughs> and now with the Kraken coming to Seattle, I've been back, so I have been nowhere near an expert on hockey, but I'm enjoying watching it. I'm a big fan of the Kraken, and I was excited to see what the Kraken were going to do in this draft. So of course, you know, this is a, you know, this is a big deal. So that's of course our lead topic today. What happened in that NHL 2023 draft for the Kraken? And they selected Edward Sale. I believe that's how they pronounced it. Uh and uh from what I've read, this was the Kraken's plan. Um not exactly to that they were going to take Edward uh, Sale, they didn't know if he was going to be there or not. So from what I understand, they were just going to go best available. And just from, you know, the little bit that I've been looking into it um, and, and getting to know hockey a little bit, from what I understand, it kind of is, that's kind of how it goes uh, in the NHL. Um because it's like baseball in the way that, um, you know, the players are just going to minor leagues once they're drafted. They're not going straight to the um, major league team. So outside of the top picks, who knows how many guys are seen as the top guys that year. Could be, could be one, two, could be five, six, seven, or eight. However many guys are seen as like, oh, these guys are all like, you know, future like top stars that should be able to get to the major leagues right away. You might see some uh, changing in the order at the top of the draft, but throughout the rest of the draft, it seems from, you know, what I've read reports on that teams kind of just generally select whoever is the best available. You might say, oh, well, my team has the 20th pick like the, the Kraken had and say, well, they really need this type of player. Uh, but, uh, you know, if the best player, like, let's say they really need a defender, um, but the best player available at pick number 20 is an offensive player, uh, offensive-minded player, that's what they're going to go with. That's generally how it works. That's how it seems to be. And you will, if you watch that draft tonight, as I did, you can continuously hear them say oh well that was the best player available and then the next team comes up and picks and they'll say yep that was the best player available next pick comes again oh yeah on the board that was the best player available it's not like where you see in the nfl where where rookies rookies 
are expected to come in and play a role right away on the team. And you'll see NFL teams like not always drafting best player available. Sometimes they're drafting for need. They say, well, you know, we don't need another, you know, starting quarterback. So uh, we're taking, you know, the defensive end or whatever they end up taking. You know, or they, oh, we already have great defensive ends, so they end up taking a wide receiver, uh, even though there's another defensive end that's the best available. You know, in the NHL, uh, it's kind of everybody's taking the best available and then developing those players to be the best that they can be once they uh, join the major league team. So that's what they did here with Edward Selle. He was the best player available, and uh, he... Here he was. Again, as me as a casual fan, I don't really know. Like, what does, like, truly, what does the crack need? Uh, as a casual fan, uh, who's, you know, just a couple of years into his hockey fandom, I watch the team and I say, that team doesn't look like they are as strong offensively or have a strong offensive star the way I see some of these other teams have. So I was wanting on offensive player and it just happened to work out that way it seems like edward Saleh is uh seen as a great offensive talent in fact so great uh they were saying even on the broadcast that this guy could be a big steal in the draft and then looking more into it reading multiple reports uh and uh you know uh scouting reports on this guy after the draft or after he was drafted so I could figure out who this guy was. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of people think this uh, could be a big steal because this guy was potentially a top 10 pick. He was seen as a top 10 pick going into the year. From what I understand, the team uh, he was on uh, struggled and potentially uh, he didn't score as many goals as he would have in the past, so that kind of caused him to uh, drop a little bit. But, I mean, if it really works out for the Kraken um, and they got this great offensive player uh, to, you know, come up in a couple of years and, and join Matty Beniers, uh, you know, that could uh, be great. And we'll talk more about Matty Beniers when we get to the uh, the official Kraken section. This is still just our lead topic about the NHL draft. But yeah, really excited about Edward Saleh uh, getting this guy. Again, it, again, like I said, so many uh, parallels, it seems, in this year's draft with the uh, the Kraken and the Seahawks. No, uh, the Kraken didn't have a top five pick, but they have four picks in the first two rounds. One of them just happens to be 20, just like one of Seahawks' picks was number 20. Both of them had uh, somebody who was seen as a great offensive talent falling to them. You know, the Seahawks getting uh, what was seen as the best wide receiver in the talent. Uh, I don't know if Edward Sully's, you know, I think it was like whoever the top guy was <laughs> that was drafted was uh, kind of seen as the, being the best at that. But, you know, we're, they're saying, you know, this guy is one of the top offensive players in this draft and he just fell down to the uh kraken so you know just like i said just some parallels there um and i have really good feelings about uh, what the seahawks did so uh, i'm hoping that this first pick that the kraken made um 
you know, is going to lead to more good feelings about feeling good about uh, the, the Kraken's draft this year. All right, there you have it. There was the 2023 uh, first round. You know, they still have rounds uh, like what, two through seven or however they do it uh, in the NHL uh, tomorrow. So, uh, or, you know, they still have a, another day of uh, that. Uh, don't know when you're listening to this, so this will be, uh, you know, they still have another uh, however many rounds to draft. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Let's go ahead and we can uh, talk a little bit about the Seahawks. Now, again, not a lot happening, but uh, we're going to get some Seahawks talking, of course. Okay, yeah, so like I said, there's not a lot happening with the Seahawks right now. Uh, you know, the little rookie mini camp uh, and OTAs is over. Uh, we're still uh, a little bit away from training camp officially starting. Uh, so not a lot going on news-wise. There hasn't been any transactions. Nobody signed. Nobody traded away. Uh, nothing going on like that. But what I want to talk about with the Seahawks is how they are so, just so disrespected. Nobody is respecting the Seahawks in national media. Once again this year, again, last year, the highest I had heard uh, somebody predict the Mariners, not the Mariners, the Seahawks were going to uh, uh, win last season was five. That was the highest I heard. And that was on like lo home home station, home radio, sports radio, you know, and so and most of them were thinking, oh yeah, the Seahawks team is gonna be bad. Now, but you know, most of the uh local sports radio hosts have uh you know, they saw what they did last year and they, they believe more <laughs> in the Seahawks uh this coming year. But nationally, my goodness, uh, I just see I I, I didn't even take the time to pull them all up so I could tell them to you here. It's because there's too many. It's been ridiculous. We see uh, Seahawks, um, you know, not in like uh, top 10 in power rankings. We see them uh, like they're like the receiving core. You know, people are like ranking like, oh, who's got the best receiving core? And they put like Seahawks at like six or seven, uh, you know, as they're going through. Um, position by position group um you know we already talked about the offensive line one uh from a few weeks ago uh i just see, recently saw a list where uh, somebody uh maybe it was cbs i don't remember who it was somebody put out a listing ways of saying like uh you know uh, power rankings just for nfc and they had uh seahawks like seventh Okay, <laughs> they had like lions ahead of us, bears ahead of they had like ridiculous teams that had no business being ahead of us, teams that were horrible last year and still look like they're going to be horrible this year, uh, somehow uh, ranked ahead of us. You know, teams that didn't even like sniff the playoffs last year, okay, that didn't do anything. They did jack in the offseason. I don't, I don't know what makes them think that they're suddenly uh, these teams that are, are, are going to be uh, ahead of the Seahawks. Uh, 
you could see the play on the field. Uh, Those teams aren't getting it done. Uh, And uh, I I don't know what would make you think those teams are going to get it done now. But yeah, just like I said, not really like a buzz news to talk about the Seahawks this week. Uh, just wanted to kind of mention that it's just ridiculous to me, uh, the disrespect that the Seahawks are getting. But, you know, that's going to be so good for the Seahawks because we know Pete Carroll and how he loves to motivate players and how he's going to use that to motivate the players. And, uh, you know, the veterans on the team, Bobby Wagner's back, uh, how they've dealt with this before. They know how to deal with this uh, type of disrespect and and how to harness that emotion and use it uh, for the benefit. I mean, it's great that Bobby Wagner's back, actually, because he can uh, be one of those players uh, that uh, embarks that knowledge onto the young um, team that we have because we have such a young team, you know, and, and teach them like, hey, this is how we did it 10 years ago. This is how we harnessed uh, all this, you know, feelings we were having about the disrespect and, and, and uh, translated that to great play out on the field. So, uh, you know, that's another great thing about uh, having him back this year. Oh, you know what? The other thing uh, I just thought of one of the other lists that I, I saw today, actually, that was so ridiculous. That was like um, they they had like a all like. Well, if the, if we were just looking at rookies um, for an All Star game, who, who who do we predict would be uh, the the future All Stars for uh, for rookies? And they had for like every position, right? And of course, uh, you know the corners. You got to have two corners to start on the team, and they had uh, somebody else other than Devin Witherspoon, the first corner taken in the draft the first time Pete Carroll has taken a corner uh higher than pick 90 he Pete Carroll takes a corner at pick number five and says this is in fact the best talent I've ever seen coming out uh that that I've been a part of a draft um you know and Pete Carroll saying that and we know what he's done with corners he's saying that about the person that he picked at number five. Um, and they think that somebody else is, <laughs> you know, uh, has a, uh, a better shot at, at being, uh, you know, if there was like this fantasy uh, situation where it was like only rookies uh, on an all-star team. No, no, just, just don't give the disrespect right okay and the and the teams you see uh getting ranked higher they're all east coast teams it's ridiculous you know uh i mean christian gonzalez i get it uh you know and that is the east coast team it's the patriots but you know i at least get that one because i thought that uh they might i was thinking the seahawks might actually draft him uh, i was joking with a friend uh, leading up to the draft um uh, you know i was actually thinking before the draft started like it would be great if we actually ended up with what the the eagles did exactly they drafted uh jalen carter and uh nolan smith and i was telling my friend like oh those are the players that i would pick at five and twenty okay and then before the draft started i i was joking with my friend like oh they're probably going to pick christian gonzalez and then i couldn't remember who i said for uh the 20th pick uh but 
you know, I expect Christian Gonzalez to be really good. So, you know, that, that one, I at least understand why they would put him on there, but then to put like the corner that was picked, like the, the, the third or fourth or fifth corner picked, it didn't make any sense. All right, let's go ahead and get off that now, though, and, and let's move on to our next team, which might not be as fun to talk about, uh, but here we go. Okay, the Mariners. Oh, my gosh. What, what do we say? This is just, you know, they went and they had themselves... Uh, a two and four road trip. Okay. Uh, they lost to New York three to one. George Kirby looked good, but Garrett Cole shut us down. No offense. Um, you know, something at least exciting happened in that game. You know, that Cole was like getting frustrated with Caballero, it seemed like. And, um, you know, had a little like uh, interaction <laughs> with uh, Scott Service. Uh, uh, JP Crawford left the game there with a right shoulder contusion. Uh, and then we ended up losing the next game as well to New York, 4 2. Uh, Luis Castillo underperformed again and again, no offense. So, uh, you know, we finally ended up uh, getting a win over New York. Uh, in the last game of that series, um, in what I was calling a magic lineup, Kellenic leading off and Julio right behind him. And it doesn't even have to be that, but to me, for some reason, it just feels like magic to me uh, to have uh, Kellenic and Julio next to each other. Uh, I mean, as long as the players, again, both of these players, so young, you know, if they... Uh, play near what we um, expect them to be. I mean, you want them batting next to each other. Uh, unfortunately, they're both kind of struggling right now. You know, Kellenic had been doing really good throughout the year. They're both really uh, struggling uh, throughout the year. Uh, you know, Julio's actually been heating up lately. Uh, but, uh, you know... Just not meeting the, um, not to Mariners fans, the All Stars, <laughs> all All Star expectations that everybody had for him. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Just something about it seems magical, and it did spark. You know, they won that. They scored ten runs in that first game, or in that last game against New York, and then in their first game uh, against the Baltimore Orioles, they had the same lineup: Kalinick and Julio together again. Did they produce themselves? No, they weren't the ones producing, but uh, man, they scored 13 runs and won that game against Baltimore 13 to one. And again, Julio, he was struggling again to, you know, he's swinging at pitches so far out of the zone. It's just ridiculous to watch, especially knowing the talent he has to see him swing at stuff that is so far out of the zone trying to chase things trying to hit home runs it's not that's not fun to see uh you know when he's like has his games where he's like putting together three uh hits in a game and spraying it all over the field that's fun to watch uh when he sees one you know 12 inches above 
uh, the zone and he's looking at it, you know, at eye level thinking like, oh, that's going to be a good one to swing at and, and hit out of the park, but then totally whiffs. That's not fun. When he's like swinging that thing, uh, you know, uh, six inches outside of the box or, or, you know, eight inches below the box. Ugh, not fun. Not fun. Uh, the rest of the team, though, uh, in that Baltimore game, they at least were, you know, they were controlling the zone. Uh, Wong got another hit and uh, RBI in that game. So he's been hopefully at least going to warm up and get, get closer to his ha- average in this uh, next part of the season. Uh, Tom Murphy had a two-row home run that game. Uh, I mean, everyone in the lineup in that uh, first game against the Orioles in that 13 to one win got a hit. So that was, that was really fun to see. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we had another game against Baltimore in which we lost six to four in the 10th. Um, you know, the highlights from that game was Mike Ford hit a home run. Uh, JP Crawford was back in the lineup. So that was good to see because he's like one of our best, uh, you know, people at the plate, even when he doesn't get a hit. I mean, he's putting together good at bats. He hit a home run that game. So that was good. Um, Bryce Miller was a little bit less dominant in that game. So, um, you know, they gave up some runs. This was one of the games where Julio was looking good. Again, multi-hit game. Uh, Looking like an all-star, even though you guys didn't vote him. You should have, you know, this is, this is the kind of games we like to see three hits, home run, stolen base. Uh, uh, he had an amazing catch out in center field, jumping uh, into the wall to take away a home run. Yeah, that's right. Three hits, a home run, stolen base, and taking a home run away from the other team. That's kind of all-star stuff. Uh, is he hitting, uh, 300? No. Is he hitting League average? Yes, he's hitting league average. But again, everything else he does is above average. Uh, the stolen bases, uh, you know, is he at the top of the list? Is he top 10 in home runs? No, but he's better than average. Uh, better than average stolen bases. Better than your average uh, <laughs> center fielder. Okay? Uh, I just don't get why you guys didn't get out and vote. Just disappointed in you Mariners fans. Um, you know, but again, I get it because the next game was another loss to Baltimore three to two. George Kirby, uh, gave up a two home, uh, two run homer. Uh, Cal rally had a two run homer, but we didn't, we didn't generate any other offense. We lost that game, uh, three to two, uh, you know, and, a, and an error by Caballero is what put Baltimore up by one. So that's frustrating. Uh, then, you know, Boom, we get to come back home. We get a win against the Nationals, 8-4. to four. Uh, Castillo was struggling in this one. Uh, you know, he was throwing a lot of balls. Uh, you know, and then the Mariners' uh, offense picked it up. And uh, that seemed to get Castillo back into things. Because when Castillo came back out in the fifth, oh, man, he was on it. And he ended up getting through seven, right? And was looking like he was on fire. J.P. Crawford got another home run. Uh, Eugenio Suarez home run. Uh, uh, Julio came up that night uh, 
again, just had another fantastic night where he came up clutch in the bottom of the fourth, uh, got hit to tie the game. Again, another multi-hit game, three of four. Just, again, you guys, disappointing, disappointing. Didn't vote him in. MLB news, he should be there, so, you know. <laughs> but you guys, disappointing. Anyways, great challenge on Kellenic to steal the lead. Uh, uh, well, I mean, there was a great challenge on the Kellenic steal, uh, and that led to Mike Ford hitting a, a single RBI off of that. And my goodness, that, that was good. And uh, I'm loving the... Uh, Country Roads. Kellenic's using that as his walk-up music now. He, he stole that uh, second base. They called him out initially. You know, they challenge it. He's clearly safe the whole way. Every The whole crowd is into it and singing and having a good time because this team is really fun when they are playing just even just even the what everybody would thought like the floor of the potential was you know like everybody like again expectations for this team were high going into this season a lot of people thought like this is a potential team that could get to the world series i don't think anybody was going out here and guaranteeing it but a lot of people felt like with the talent on this team they had potential to be world series team uh certainly a playoff team you know, should be wild card. And right now we're out of the wild card. So I think that, is, you know, is really affecting a, a lot of, of Mariners fans, um, you know, views on the individual players as well. Um, yeah, what what else did we get out there? Um, oh, Wong, you got another hit in that game, but just barely missing a homer, hit the top of the wall. Uh, but you know that was still able to score forward from the fir uh, from first base. So again, that was a good game. And then the last two games, oh my gosh, the loss to the national uh, to the Nationals in that second game. Again, extra innings. Thankfully for me, um, it, that happened to be uh, I got I have uh, twins. I got five kids in total. My youngest are twins. They just had their first birthday. And the and that game happened to be happening on the first birthday, so I had family in town. We were hanging out, uh, having a one-year-old birthday party, cake, ice cream, presents, um, pinata, you know, just doing all the fun stuff. So I was not watching this game, thankfully. Watch the highlights afterwards. Horrible. How in the world? Do you go into extra innings in the 10th? You have bases loaded with no outs, and you have three straight at batters. Your batters in the heart of your order. These are the guys that are supposed to be getting it done for you. Come up and give you absolutely nothing. Garbage. They were garbage up there. That was, that was, that was a hard one. Uh, I, and I understand why fans would be totally frustrated with that because again it's just the the approach at the plate is so horrible at times i mean how, how does somebody not get up to home plate at bat with bases loaded zero outs in extra innings and not just you know you don't have to try to hit the home run 
All you have to do is try to hit a single. All you have to do is try to hit one, uh, you know, deep enough into the outfield that the player from third can run home and score. You don't have to be swinging your heart out trying to hit the grand slam. Swinging at stuff uh, out of the zone because it's looking to your eye like it's in a good spot even though it's out of the zone. It's ridiculous. That's, that's the hard part of watching the Mariners for me this year. It's just them not playing uh, the way you expect them to. Okay. Uh, to me, they're, they're, they're not lacking talent. They're lacking, uh, the, they're, they're lacking the approach. They're lacking, uh, the, the production because the, the approach is bad. You know, all these players are really talented players. We've seen it. Look at their look at their baseball cards. They'll it'll show you that these are productive players throughout their careers. Could the Mariners have done more uh, in the off season? Yeah, they could have went out and got another bat. Uh, you know, to start the season with a full fledged uh, DH. But my goodness, would it have really even mattered? Uh, if they did that, if the rest of the players uh, on this roster are playing like they play right now, uh, you know, if they're batting the way they bat right now, I don't think it would have mattered if they uh, went out and were able to secure somebody who was like a full-time TH instead of uh, platooning at that spot. Because even if they had one person, you know, hitting for a high average, everybody else would still not be so i i don't think it would lead to runs uh so there was that game the last game we could talk about the uh was another loss to the nationals again just hard to watch especially after that first win against the nationals you're thinking okay wow that was so much fun fans were into it feeling like we're getting on a hot streak now and then we put up these last two games right against one of the worst teams in baseball right now and uh, one of the worst teams in baseball with one of the worst pitchers, Corbin, has been playing or pitching horrible this year. His season high before this game today, the day I'm recording this, uh, was six strikeouts. He gets into this game and gets nine strikeouts. The only thing we got in any kind of production was uh, a solo home run by Caballero. At the end of this game, fans were booing. Okay, I didn't even I didn't watch the after game. I, you know, that game once that game was over, I was done with it. I turned it off. I said I don't want to watch the the you know interviews. I don't want to watch the analysis. This is this is garbage. This is junk. Um, just horrible to see i mean where we stand right now we 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 are at one point you know three games back from the wild card we have now gone back down below 500 we are three games under 500 five games back in the wild card okay uh teams that have been falling out of the wild card who was ahead of you houston uh astros uh 
the Los Angeles Angels. Guess what? They have fallen out of the uh, wild card now. So you could have been winning. You definitely should have won all three games against the Nationals and been gaining ground uh, on those teams. You know, it's... uh, it, it it's just too bad that uh, their approach at the plate is so bad that it's you know really um, you know putting them in in a place where uh, while they're pitching again still good. I mean, uh, when we're talking about those scores, you know, it's not like the the other teams are are putting up huge numbers against our pitchers, even when our pitchers struggle struggle. Um, you know, they're not, they're not putting up huge numbers, uh, against us. That's why our run differential is so good because our pitchers are, are, are lights out. Uh, but my goodness, the, you know, we, we either, we either smash them and, and, and score 10 runs or we just get absolutely nothing and, and look like they look like they're lost out there. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's your Mariners. Like I said, I I could, you know, I knew that wasn't going to be a a fun one to talk about because it just hasn't been fun to watch them the last few games. You know, this should be a really fun team to watch really good young talent that has, um, a lot of great potential, but the team as a whole is just not doing because it's the veterans on the team too, that are not uh, not doing what you would expect them to do and, uh, you know, pulling it together. So uh, thankfully for them, they have, uh, the 29th Thursday off. Uh, I mean, they, the team needs to get together. They really need to have a heart to heart and figure out what's going on out there. I, there's talk, there's talks of players. Uh, you know, if you, if you listen to, um, the, 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 um, what Scott Service said the other day after the their win against the Nationals, right? Uh, where they won 8-4, to four, where uh, he was saying that, oh, you know, well, everybody was playing selfless tonight. So that tells me the players are playing selfish. Uh, they're, they're looking up going to go up there and, and do something for themselves and get the home run and do something big for themselves when that's not always what you need, right? Sometimes you need to put the ball in play. So... Yeah, like I said, uh, not fun to watch right now. Uh, hopefully, they can get it going and we get some more fun out of the team because when they have it going, they, they're fun. It's just the back and forth is what's not fun because whenever you feel like you're uh, getting excited and you're ready to jump on board with this team and say, hey, here we go. This is the team we were thinking we were going to get. They go right back to, you know, dropping two games in a row to uh you know you know one of the worst teams uh in baseball right now. In fact, let's take a look. We'll just double check. Uh Well, they the you know, they're obviously not the worst team in baseball because we have the 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 Royals and the at the and the Athletics in the AL, but in the NL, Washington they are. They are tied with the worst record now you know that means they had the worst record in the nl 
but because they won the two games against us, they are now tied with for the worst record uh, in the NL. My goodness. Oh, well, there you go. There, There's your mirrors. Let's, let's move on to the next team now because it's more fun to talk about. Okay, and with the Kraken, we already uh, talked about them a little bit with our lead topic uh, being Matty Benier, not Matt, <laughs> being the NHL draft. <laughs> I was getting ahead of myself. Uh, well, uh, we, let's get to it. Matty Beniers, uh, he w- ended up uh, being a finalist and uh, won the Calder Memorial Trophy. So he is your rookie of the year. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, again, just great out there on the ice. Um, again, he again, like I said, uh, good offensive player. Really glad to see him out there. Not sure if, you know, still a young player. So I don't know if he's, you know, quite at the level that I'm seeing uh, the offensive uh, superstars on the uh, of the other players uh, on other teams out there. So I'll be excited to see if we get uh, Edward Saleh uh, eventually up there on the team, and then we have you know multiple um, offensive players that can uh, really be a threat to get it done. Uh, you know, of course, we still have uh, another day of um, of the draft, so we'll see what else they uh, get in the system to bring up in the next year or two, and then. Uh, and then after that, we'll we'll be jumping into the off season, into free agency, and see uh, you know what the Kraken can pick up, and you know if they end up making again, they have three second round picks, so who knows? Maybe they package some of those together and and get some uh, you know get an offensive star to bring in right now that way. Uh, we will uh, keep an eye on that, and we will let you know uh, when we get to the next episode. Uh, they did re-sign Gustav Olofsson. So that was uh, good to see. And the other piece of news is that the 2023-2024 scheduled uh, schedule was released. So uh, there you go. Uh, you know, I'm excited <laughs> for that. It doesn't feel uh, the same to me as like a NFL schedule release because in the nfl you know there's only uh, 17 games uh but it's a lot less so like every game you can look at and go okay well this game was going to be important at this point in the season uh doesn't quite feel the same uh since there's so many more games in the nhl but uh you know still exciting to be able to look at and make your plans for the upcoming season on what games you're going to go to or uh, try to make sure you watch uh, on TV and all that. Okay, let's go ahead and take a look. Did I have anything else to say about the crack in this week? Uh, no, I do not. So let's go ahead and move on to our next team. All right, there, there it is. That uh, it's the Seattle Storm. Uh, now, Storm fans, thank you, okay? Because unlike the Mariners fans, you did not disappoint. 
You came through, we got Jewel Lloyd, named to the All-Star team for the fifth time in her career. In fact, she's going to be a starter because Storm fans, they're good fans, okay? They're not saying, oh, well, the team is struggling, so we can't vote one of the best players in the league into the All-Star game. They're saying, you know what? Yeah, this team is struggling, one of the worst records in the league, but she's clearly one of the best players, okay? Mariners fans are over there sitting. We've been going back and forth between under, uh, you know, at 500 and under, and they can't get, you know, one of the most exciting players to watch into the, uh, into the All-Star game. Oh, but before we move on more with the storm, I did forget to mention, yeah, because the Mariners fans, uh, you know, failed to get Julio into the uh, all-star game. At least MLB uh, selected him uh, to uh, compete in the home run derby. So we still get that. Now, back to the storm where the fans are good, loyal fans who know how to vote when an all-star is playing like an all-star. Okay, well. Uh, so that was, that was the good (laughs) piece of news that we got, uh, this week because everything else, not good. We lost the kinetics at sun 85, 79 close. Jewel had 33 points in that game. So that's good. Uh, but again, not able to finish off and kinetic sun. Yeah, they're really good. So didn't get it done against them, but at least able to keep it close. The Indiana fever. Uh, here we go. Great first half, just an okay third quarter, and then absolutely fell apart uh, in the fourth quarter. Okay. And they ended up losing that one um, 80 to 68. Uh, and then the next game uh, after that, we did get a win over... Um, oh, wait, hold on. Yes, yes, we did. We did. We got the win, uh, over the Phoenix Mercury, uh, in a 97 to 74, uh, uh, winning, uh, effort. Now, Brittany Griner was back. Diana Taurasi was back. Uh, they're both they're both just getting back in into the game, right? So, they, yeah, they didn't they didn't look good. So that was uh, you know, to Seattle's advantage actually that they were kind of back and uh and not playing at uh their peak potential. But Seattle did play a complete game in this one. Uh, there wasn't uh a quarter or there wasn't a. A long period of time uh, at any point in the game where you thought like, oh, this team's not playing good defense or, oh, this team cannot score a bucket. Nope, the whole game. They were playing uh, exciting basketball, good movement, uh, good shots, smart shots. Uh, it was good. So, yeah, they got the win. Uh, and then they get the uh, comeback. The next game uh, is a loss to the Minnesota Lynx, 104-93. to Again, this team can fight. Uh, 
and they keep scores somewhat close most of the time. There's been a couple of times where they're blown out, but this team is always in it. They're always close. Uh, they just can't put it together for a complete game. And uh, I can't I can't really tell you why. I, maybe it is because there's so much young talent on the team. They're, they're kind of cycling through right now. Uh, I mean, uh, Jordan Horston hurt right now. And then, you know, like people like uh, Ivy and Melbourne and, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're young and experienced. They just don't have uh, the, the pro experience right now. Uh, and, and maybe that's what's contributing to the, um, you know, the big lulls during games that we have from uh, their performance. Now, I I don't know at this point where what, what you know I have, I have a question for Storm fans. What what do you want to see? We are one third of the way through the season. Okay, we are fourteen games into a forty game season. We have the second worst record in all of the WNBA right now. Mercury. Just they 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 have looked horrible all season. I don't know if they're going to get many more win, wins. Um, you know, a lot a lot of the a lot of their games don't even really look you know competitive, right? So I I I don't think we're going to end up with less wins than them by the end of the season. But because there's potentially a lot of good talent coming out in next year's draft. If you could end up with a number one, two, or three pick, is that worth it? I mean, are you looking at the team right now and saying, hey, we're, we obviously have enough talent on the team that we're keeping it close against uh, even some of the best teams. Again, uh, we, we kept it real close uh, with... Uh, uh the the sun the other day uh i believe they have the best record okay they have the second best record uh right now sorry they have the second best record right now uh in the wnba but we're we're keeping it close with a lot of teams uh and even even the good teams so are we you know, a generational talent away <laughs> from from really um, putting this team over back to where we we're thinking that this could be a championship winning team again. You know, is it is it worth it to just be like, you know what, let's uh, let's do it like the in just like the regular NBA. Let's uh, let's let's suck for whoever you know, whoever they end up can getting with whatever pick they end up with. Like I said, I don't know if they're going to, you know, suck bad enough to uh, be even worse than what the, what the uh, Phoenix has been. But, you know, at this point in the season, third of the way through, it's not looking good. You know, I, I myself as a Storm fan, who watches every game i don't want to see that because i'm watching every game and i want to see them win but long term wise 
could it potentially be a good thing if they end up with like a top three pick in the draft? That you know, it potentially it really could, depending on uh, you know the the talent that comes out that is potentially coming out in the draft this year. All right, uh, that's what we have to say about the storm. So let's go ahead and we can go ahead and talk about. Yes, the Seattle Sounders. And, uh, you know, t- news is that Alex Rodon was called up to El Salvador for the CONCACAF Cup. Uh, and then we lost to LA, one to nothing. They scored in the first minute. And uh, LA is able to just play great defense the rest of the match. We ended up with zero points. Ugh. And LA already uh, at the top of the leaderboard with uh, with points, able to extend their lead. And then we go over to Orlando, uh, and we just missed a bunch of chances. They had a lot of chances to score, it seemed, and we just missed them all. Uh, and maybe it's because there's a lot of offensive power that is gone from the team right now on national team duty. Uh, maybe that's why we're not able to score on Orlando. Uh, but man, it sure is frustrating that we weren't able to pick up um, three points there. You were thinking a team uh, like Orlando, this was a team that they surely could have easily uh, picked up three points against and, um, you know, gain some more traction back uh, on LA that again, just extended their lead with the, the, with the win over, over the Sounders. But that's, that's not what's happening. So, uh, I mean, we'll really have to watch a couple, you know, the next match and see if that's really what's going on. Because again, there was a lot of times we were really close. So maybe they were just, you know, the, the talent uh, that's, you know, stepping up right now, just the first game in there with a lot of talent being gone, being called up to the national teams, maybe, uh, you know, maybe they just need an, need an extra game to really put it together so they can uh, finish in those situations. Um, but we'll see. And uh, if it ends up that's not the case, uh, I hope that we can get those players back as soon as possible so uh, we can get back the Sounders back to, um, you know, scoring points and uh, getting, getting point, points for the league. Okay. So that was the Sounders. Uh, their next game is going to be uh, upcoming this Saturday. Uh, against who do we got next? <sighs> against uh, Houston. Okay, so you know, hopefully, uh, we get a win here. I mean, it's the Houston Dynamo. Not doing so good, right? I mean, oh no, I I thought they're actually right behind us in the standings. Why did I think they, um. We're not playing good. Who I don't know who I was thinking of. Anyways, I still think Houston, yeah, that should be a team that we can beat, right? 
So let's let's get that done. And and, and gains and, and gain three points here. Uh, but yeah, there you go. There's the Sounders uh, game coming up soon. Let's get pay attention to it. But let's talk to our or talk about our next team. <laughs> The OL Reign, and this is a fun team to talk about right now. Five players named to the U.S. Women's National Team. So that is really awesome, and congratulations uh, to all them. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a look. Um, we, we should uh, pull it up and see uh, and name them all, right? Because that would be <laughs> the thing to do. Um, let's see here. Okay. In fact, let's go ahead and, um, oops, let's, uh, mention here the, the, the women that they signed. I thought I had the list here. Well, I guess not. Well, congratulations to, you know, Megan Rapinoe, and uh, we, we know that's for sure one, and the rest of the women that made, uh, that got the call to the U.S. Women's National Team. Again, five players. I believe that's the most out of any team um, uh, that had players called up to the uh, Women's National Team, the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, great week. For the rain this week, uh, they defeated the San Diego Wave two to one, and that was a really fun one to watch. Uh, Belser scoring twice with headers, once in the eighth minute, once in the seventy seventh minute. That was really fun to watch. Uh, and again, here tonight, uh, same night as the NHL draft. Uh, Thankfully, the draft was over by the time the uh, game started, and it was with you know with one of our great rivals, the Portland Thorns, and we end up getting a win over them. That was awesome. Um, so we had this awesome looking goal uh, by uh, Bennett in the forty second minute. And it was so close, so close, but she was called offside, so the goal was negated. Oh, it felt horrible. And you could see in the replay, she was just like a hair, a hair offsides, you know. Um, it, it, it was one of those things where if there, was, uh, if there wasn't a uh, replay, you... You you understand how the the goal initially counted. Thankfully, the situation came up again, uh, where Bennett gets a nice pass to her, and she's able to score on a header in the fifty sixth minute. That one again, such a close call. Almost looked like she was going to be offsides again. Thankfully, she kind of did like a did a little uh, hezzy uh, uh, in the box before she started running forward uh, to get her head on that ball. 
and get it into the goal. So it was a close call again, but this time that one counted. Uh, and then uh, that, uh, you know, gets us three points, right? So uh, that should uh, put us back up ahead of Portland Thorn in the standings. And uh, we got the uh, cup going on right now in which the uh, oil rain, uh, since this cup has started, they are uh, at this point undefeated and... I believe uh let me let me pull up the the ol rain pr account uh because they, they had a really uh cool stat that they uh put out uh, earlier tonight after the game and i wanted to read it to you guys okay uh, the OL Reign continues to be the only team without a goal allowed in the 2023 Challenge Cup. So we have not been scored on yet uh, in the Challenge Cup. And this also marks the first time Portland was held scoreless at home across all competitions since August 27th, 2022. A streak of 11 home games. So... Not only are we not getting scored on in the Challenge Cup, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're also holding Portland scoreless <laughs> for the first time in almost a year uh, uh, for one of their home games. So, I, again, really fun game to watch. Uh, for for OL Reign fans. Uh, so there you go. There That was your OL Reigns this week. Let's go ahead and let's get on to our next team. All right, the Sea Dragons. Again, offseason, not a lot going on right now. Um, but for for uh newsworthy stuff this week for the sea dragons uh they had you know we know they recently the xfl recently had their draft and now they did um undrafted rookies uh teams claiming rights to undrafted rookies so let's take a look at who the uh dragons uh claimed rights to Okay, so the Seattle Dra uh, Sea Dragons getting Dylan Doyle, linebacker out of Baylor. Uh, they claimed Bo Kelly, wide receiver out of Portland State. Um, Luke Loker, a punter out of Oregon State. Um, Nicosi Perry, <clears throat> sorry, Nicosi Perry, quarterback out of Florida Atlantic. Uh, Morgan Vest, defensive back, Northern Arizona. Dawson Weber, defensive back out of North Dakota State, and Lazarus Williams, defensive lineman out of New Mexico State. Now, obviously, the most talked about position in football is the quarterback. Ben DiNucci, he's getting signed with the, the Denver Broncos, all right? Competing over there with Russell Wilson. So Sea Dragons got to figure out what are they going to do with quarterback. Nikosi Perry is claimed here. And, you know, this is one of the players that you see. Um, you know, you can look up 
his college career very up and down, right? But a lot of potential there. So he's definitely one of these players that I think is going to be, the XFL is going to be great for uh, because uh, this is what the... The, uh, that's what the XFL is. Uh, it, it's for uh, it's for players who are on the fringe of being pros. Like they they're they're pro level, but just need that little bit of extra to be able to make it to uh, the NFL. Again, Nikosi Perry. He's twenty four years old. Um, you know. Just, just very, very up and down. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how, um, how, how it goes. You know, this was a player that was playing for Miami Hurricanes at one point, and then it ended up with Florida Atlantic Owls. Okay, so <laughs> you know that, that that should just tell you how high. Uh, he was thought of at one point and the potential that it could have. And uh, if he's not playing good, how low uh, it, it can get. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm excited to see uh, him, you know, compete uh, here for the Seattle Dragons and, and compete for a spot and, and, and see, uh, you know, if he can help, uh, you know, the Seattle Dragons Sea uh, Dragons uh, try to become like the best uh, uh, passing uh, attack in the XFL for the second year in a row. So there you go. That's what the XFL uh, Seattle Sea Dragons uh, did this week. And that's your news. And that, uh, my friends, is going to be uh, the end of the episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would really appreciate it if you are watching this on YouTube that you uh, leave a like and make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you know when new episodes are coming out. Uh, make sure uh, you're leaving comments. I want to know, like, what do you think about, you know, all the teams we talked about here? So, um, you know, if you're a Seahawks fan, I want to know. What do you think of all the disrespect that the Seahawks are getting? Have you been seeing the list that, uh, you know, all these media sites are putting out and, you know, putting either not putting Seahawks in top 10 rankings or, you know, putting them at the bottom of top 10 rankings? What do you think about that? Are you, do you, are you agreeing with the assessment of them? Or are you just like, well, how can you say, <laughs> you know, that with uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf and uh, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba that, you know, we have, we don't have a top five receiver core. Uh, and then when you say receiver core, I saw one of these lists, you know, I think they had like the 49ers in there. Okay. They had, they had uh, Debo Samuel, Ayuk and George Kittle. They were like one of the teams in there not even all three players listed were wide receivers and everybody else had three wide receivers. It was like, Hey, if this team, if you have to t pick a player who isn't a wide receiver and you're saying the wide receiver core, 
that that, that should exclude them from, from the list automatically. <laughs> Anyways, I want to know what are you thinking about uh, the 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 way uh, media sites are putting um, lists together and where they're ranking the Seahawks. <sighs> Mariners fans, I, I know it, it's a it's a it's a struggle with this team right now. Uh, sound off in the comments. Let me know what you're thinking of this team. I'm not, I'm still not one of these people who is like totally down on the Mariners who feels like, Oh, this is like the worst team ever in baseball. <laughs> you know, there's people out there who are acting like that. Um, I think this still, this team still has potential. We're not halfway through the season yet. Yes. Uh, it's not looking good and they do need to pick it up and they need to pick it up. Now they need to pick it up. Uh, you know, in the next, I believe we got like 11 more games uh, before we're halfway through. So they need to really uh, pick it up to get to a point where, you know, over these next 11 games to see like, hey, is this team worth uh, making trades for at the deadline to be able to, uh, you know, try to make sure that we get into the playoffs and can get deep this week or deep this year? Or is it going to be a situation where... um, you know, over these next uh, 11 games or however many it is before we get halfway uh, where we say, or before we get to the deadline that we say, uh, yeah, no, this team it just this year isn't it. And so we're, we're scrapping it for this year and, and we'll try again next year. Uh, let me know what you're thinking about that. I want to know uh, for uh, Kraken fans, how excited are you? Uh, about the draft did uh and you know how excited are you that we have a young talent that was recognized as rookie of the year uh you know and uh you know did you take a look at the schedule are you excited about the schedule again to me as a casual fan uh we're still just getting back into this it doesn't seem like the same level of like excitement over uh hockey schedule release as it does football schedule release but you know, are you making your plans for uh, for this uh, season already? Storm fans, I want to know. That was that was my question. At this point in the season, we're a third of the way through. What do you think? Do we suck? You know, do we not put our, our best team out there? Do we try to get top dri- uh, pick in the draft? Uh, with no guarantees who's coming out in the draft this year, but do you still want to try to, you know, be at the top just in case uh, somebody like Clayton Clark does decide uh, to uh, come out uh, in the draft? You know, is that is that something, you know, that that's worth doing? I don't know. You let me know. Is that something you'd, you'd be interested in? Uh, Sounders fans, uh, are you feeling the frustration uh, uh, of... The, the last couple of games, uh, getting beat, uh, uh, you know, at least not getting a draw against L.A. and then uh, only getting a draw against Orlando. Let me know what you're thinking about that. Uh, the rain. Come on, fans. Rain fans, you know you're feeling good right now. The team's looking good, even with five players getting called up to the national team. We just have a lot of talent on this rain team. 
Uh, and then Dragons fans, let me know. What did you think uh, of the latest draft and now all the claims uh, for the undrafted rookies? What do you think? Are you, Do you think this is going to help get the Dragons uh, it, to a fun team to watch again uh, this upcoming season? All right. But there you go. That is the end of the show. Um, you know, if you're listening on, uh, you know, uh, podcasts, uh, you know, if you're, especially if you're on Apple podcasts, you know, a five-star rating and a written review that really helps the show, uh, and it helps the show get found by more people, which, um, you know, it, that's what we want. This is, this is a fan show. This is fan first, you know, um, you know, this is an expert, uh, you know, analysis of every team. This is uh, just talking about, hey, this is what we're looking at. This is the teams that's fun to watch. Um, let's make sure everybody uh, is aware of them. And 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 uh, we're fans, so we want to grow the fan base of the show so that we can grow the fan base of uh, all these teams and uh, keep, keep everybody, uh, you know, cheering for these teams. Uh, yeah, so let, let's grow it that way. You can, um, you know, hit the follow button or subscribe button, whatever you're listening on. And that would be, uh, really, really appreciated as well. And that's the end of the show. So thanks for listening to the Seattle sports show where we watch legends awaken and breathe fire. So take cover because with the sea of sound, you will see us rise to reign supreme and win forever. <laughs>